everybody welcome to the 309th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling live and direct man i'm ready to talk about this these games that have happened it's this this is the first holy backboard we've done in a while where we're recounting wins it's been it's been a minute (laughs) it, it has been a minute when you're genuinely excited for what you witnessed or heard <laughs> last year if we won three in a row during the tank race we'd be we'd be upset <laughs> one thing that really brought a smile to my face is when i posted last week's episode and that one was an absolute tank of an episode it was a unit it was an hour and 47 minutes hour and 40 plus yeah. but i had you know, Tara from the Blazers What podcast, uh, Long Story Longer, one of the OG uh, listeners, both fantastic individuals, each say that they listened to our, our podcast while they were on a road trip or just that kind of was be- a perfect road trip podcast. Yeah, it was, a, it was just a beast. <laughs> like you get to hear us just kind of it was it was kind of a, a an emotional roller coaster of podcast because, you know, we were, tr- you know, coming off of a terrible preseason but yet still excited. And then we come out and predict, you know, both two and one uh, weeks yet. You just didn't know, like the, the vibes were a little off the, I mean, it's just, it was a weird preseason. So we didn't really know what to expect, but, but thank you to everyone who, who listened to that one. Uh, I'm sure this one will not be as long because I am tired as hell. Um, You've had a busy week a, of uh, sports. Attendance. It has been a very busy sports weekend. Uh, Friday, went to the home opener with you and, and Stu. Uh, so we got to witness that in person. And obviously, you're wired and you can't go to sleep right away. And I made my way down to Autzen Stadium on Saturday. So I got up at six, had to make myself my breakfast burritos. Um, that's just Saturday tradition. And drove down there. Uh, wonderful game. Oregon absolutely took care of business against the the Bruins on national TV. And then, you know, you're making your way back up home and, oh, well, we have another, you know, you know, I can't sleep all the way through. I got to get up, you know, do a little chores. But then the Blazers playing the Lakers for a brunch time matinee in Los Angeles. And, you know, they get my heart racing, go out to an early lead, Lakers storm back, vintage Dame time photo finish and and here we are great weekend of sports uh the, the beavers took care of colorado as well so if you are a state of oregon sports fan uh the thorns won two to one too so everyone is getting dubs in the beaver state but sage let's recap the the week that was for your western conference leading uh, Portland Trailblazers uh, 3-0 on this young season. Uh, opening night, they go down to Sacramento. Take a uh, talk about an emotional roller coaster, uh, an emotional roller coaster of a game, defeating the Sacramento Kings 115 to 108, despite uh, not very good performances from Lillard and Simons. Uh, then they head back home on Friday. They take care of the Suns in overtime, thanks to the 
Junior Junior Skyhook from Anthony Simons, 113 to 111. And then, as we mentioned, they travel back down for a one-game road trip against the L.A. Lakers, who were hungry for their first win. They have been ridiculed on media, on social media, wherever you are. People are mocking the Lakers, and you knew they were hungry. But Portland was just a little bit better on this Sunday afternoon, and Dame was just a little bit better than everybody else on the floor, putting up 41 points on for the second consecutive game to lead the Trailblazers to a 106-104 victory, putting them as I mentioned, at three wins and no defeats. Sage, there's a lot of good things to talk about right off the top of your head. What was the best thing that you saw this week? Hmm. It's got to be the last two games from Damian Lillard. He obviously had some troubles in the first game, but if you look at like the advanced numbers, he had like 17 potential assists. We just missed. So I think that that stat line would have looked a lot better if he, we had, if he had like, Whatever points he had, and then 17 plus assists. I mean, it would have looked better. He he got everybody involved in the game. And then the other two, he was just like the the the, the shining star of just getting buckets and clutch buckets and you know, momentum changing buckets. It, it was really like the Damian Lillard of old. And of course, there's gonna be people that say he lacks burst, but he might lack burst in the first half of the court, but when you get into where the basket actually is, he's very quick and very nimble and can get to places really easily. So seeing Dame play healthy, he got into that fifth gear that we talked about last year. He couldn't get into that top tier where you saw the speed boost this year. He's gotten to that speed boost and been able to finish at at the rim, which is really important because we don't really have any at the at the rim finishers. So to have him just be able to get free throws, score when this the clock is stopped because we did have two pretty damn clutch games, like him being able to score in so many different ways has really, really been impressive. So Dame's my number one star of among stars. Yeah, he, he has to be. And I'm really glad he turned it around these past two performances because after the Sacramento game, I was I, I was starting to think about what I was going to say in this podcast and draw parallels to when I watched Brandon Roy come back from injury uh, in that 2009-2010 uh, season. He lacked burst. Uh, those plays that he was able to finish at the rim, he was not able to, to get that. He was getting a shot blocked. I have a vivid memory of him against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it was like Durant and Ibaka were just giving him all sorts of trouble at the rim, and you're like, this isn't the same Brandon Roy. And I, I do agree with what people were saying. Like he, he didn't have that, that shiftiness, like to finish, like his shot wasn't falling from the outside. That wasn't my issue. I was like, oh man, he's having a hard time shaking Davion Mitchell. Like he, he can't finish over, over these, you know, not stout King defenders, but you know, you don't want to rush to judgment. It was his first it's one game, game yeah. of basketball uh, in almost a full calendar year. And Clearly, there was probably a little bit of rust, but you mentioned it. These past two games, back-to-back, 41-point performances, he did that on an average of 54% from the field on a high volume, 50 attempts. 44% from three, again, on 25 attempts. 89% from the line on 19 attempts, six boards, two and a half assists per game. And we will forgive the five turnovers per game because of how incredible. Well, just was on the, the offensive right. end. I mean, yes, but you don't want your point guard to have a negative assist to turnover ratio. So we, we 
we do need to figure that out and we will discuss the but lack of if, later if, on the, in the if, podcast. If a special person who takes 20 shots a game was efficient ever, I don't think the assists are going to be as low as they were. So. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, we, we are honest on this podcast and he was fantastic, but yes, we, as a team, they, they got to tighten up those, those turnovers, but Dame did look incredible. I thought he kept Portland in that game against Phoenix when nobody really had it going. It was a little bit of a, a sluggish game and, and he was able to put up, I think 28 or 33 points in in the first half of that contest and really kept the crowd in it the crowd was was fantastic it was incredibly loud uh especially at the end of that that phoenix game it felt like a a playoff type of atmosphere in portland and what i also liked to see is we've discussed this too sage would dame push the pace no the answer is yes no way no fucking way yes he, I saw the stat on the score bug today. Dame had 14 of Portland's 16 fast break points against Phoenix. So he is finding the opportunity. No, I disagree with the, what those stats say then. Sage, that is factual. But the no, because people that are putting <laughs> the stats in are not, are biased. Like, remember with Chris Paul in New Orleans, when he got phantom assists that didn't matter? Oh no, he doesn't. He does. He did not. I don't think they're pace. doing phantom fast break points. Age, there's no fast break point category award winner for for the NBA. He, the team in general, I feel like is pushing the the envelope more often. They're getting. I will. T- they're one. They're bottom ten pace. My eyes tell me different in that stat. <laughs> well, then if, if we're going with statistics. We're a bottom 10 pace, according to every met- metric that is based on space uh, pace. You know, there were times when you were begging Damian Lillard to run, yeah. begging him to run in, in that Phoenix game. He didn't. He's not pushing the pace. We're a slow team. Apparently he did. And I have to give. I, I truly don't believe that that's the case. But and and and. We're talking about three game sample size. Shit's gonna change. Shit's gonna change a lot. I don't think that they were a fast paced team at so all. So you think Portland is a bottom three team in pace? Bottom te- bottom third for sure. They are middle of the pack. One hundred point nineteen. They're very middle of the pack right now. We'll see. I, I truly think we're gonna be a slow team. That that's fine. That is fine if you think that's what they're going to do. I'm just saying Dame took the initiative and he was responsible for 14 of Portland's 16 fast break points. And Portland has been but 16 fast break points isn't that much. <laughs> um, it actually it is. Uh that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because we were like how how is Portland winning, Sage, right? How how are they doing it? And I think they're they're doing it three ways. They're getting to the free throw line. They're getting to the line 32 times a game. That That's second best in, in the entire league. They're making 82% of those attempts. That's that's fifth best. Not only are they getting there and they are, they're making them, they're making Sean's proud right now, making their free throws. They're keeping their opponents off of the stripe. They're only allowing 20 free throw attempts per game. And they are getting out and running. They are averaging almost 19 fast break points through three games. I know small sample size, but that's that's the formula for Portland. That's the sixth best in the entire NBA because they're doing some things where they can improve upon. We, we'll discuss that, but 
I wanted to dive deeper. I was like, you know, how how are they winning these games? You know, Ant's not shooting great. Dame played savior for the past two, but what what are they what are they doing? Because they're not shooting a ton of threes. They're not making a ton of threes. It, it seems like they're they're living at the line. They're not fouling, and they're they're getting out and and running. And I think credit players like Josh Hart who are just kind of getting the ball and yeah, he's going to make an Alfred Camino mistake mistake here and there. Do you think he has butterfingers? Cause I think he has butterfingers. He doesn't catch the ball correctly. A he, lot. he, he, he's one of those, like you watch in football, the receivers that kind of maybe look ahead and try to run, take a step before the ball gets there. Wasn't hand there like of... a fast break that was pretty important where he just. He, I, yeah. I think he gets a little excited. Like I think Josh Hart is one of those players that just like, loves to play the game he's like amped up and i think that energy just kind of like exudes through him so yeah he he does have the butterfingers and he is our new aminu on the break like i appreciate that he is trying to get easy points but i also know that i'm probably going to yell at him and say that was a bad take and that there's been oh, a couple I, I think i'll leave the team in charges for sure he's he's a little wild but uh he's definitely out there i mean you're seeing Shaden get on the break that that lob uh, against Lakers was yeah. just filthy, and it, it, we're gonna see more of those once the team realizes that he's on the floor. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but I don't think any of them have played with an athlete like Shaden. There was a a lob that Ant threw in the first half of the Laker game where he just, he threw it too late, he didn't see him, and, and Shaden still almost, you know, he would have made he was clear in the all you do is make make throw anywhere. And he'll go and get it. So once you start getting those players out, I think Gary Payton the second is going to um, help in that that area of the game as well. But um, that's kind of been the formula because they they really haven't had a lot of success with the assists. Right now they have ranked they're they're dead last in, in assists per game, uh, less than eighteen, and. They're ranked 27th in the league in turnovers at 17 a game. So again, that's really why I wanted to like dig into how they were winning because usually when you're not sharing the ball and you're turning it over more times than you're you're you know you're getting your teammates involved, that's just a recipe for disaster. So they're kind of playing with fire a, a little bit there. And I wanted to get your thoughts, Sage, on do you think the 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 lack of assist is worrisome? And do you think it can be um, amendable? Like, can can they fix this? Because you and I both, when especially when we were watching together, when Anthony Simons, and I, I don't mean that to pick on him, but there is a distinct, you can feel it when he's running the offense, when Dame sits, he's dribbling the absolute hell out of the basketball and nobody is moving. It is just Ant tr- just taking it just felt like it was like CJ again, early CJ. No, that this is much worse than any CJ I've seen. True, I'm just saying it felt like that. Like, what what can Portland do? Is, is are we just kind of stuck like this? Are we going to be a team that doesn't get a lot of assists because of our other ball handler isn't the best playmaker, or are there different sets you can run to make sure Anthony is more of an off the ball player? Uh, they just it hasn't been the best showing for Simons so far this season. Um, he has seven assists to nine turnovers. He's only gone to the line eight total times. Uh and, and quick question for you, Sage. What percentage of the shots do you think Ant has taken on average? 
I was actually looking that up right now. I have it. I have it for you. What, what, what do you it? think? He's taken 22% of Portland's entire field goal attempts this year. Mm-hmm. At 34% from th- the field and 21% from three. So not only is he uh, taking a high volume, com- really inefficient shooting numbers for uh, Portland's starting two guard. And I think if you're looking at a glass half full, they're winning in spite of, it, of, yeah. of, of Simon's mm-hmm. really poor performances. And if, again, you're looking at a glass half full, you have to believe that he's going to to turn it around because I have seen some sets where they get him off ball and they're kicking out and he's catching and shooting. And that's where I feel more comfortable with him. I really don't want the ball in his hands. I, I, I think I'm with you, Sage. I don't know if I see the playmaking ability and if he's not going to get to the free throw line, like I don't want to see him dribble precious seconds off that shot clock only to take a contested jump shot. Like you can get that anytime. So what do you think Portland can do to rectify the, the lack of assists? Because they have some willing passers on this team. Let me look at something. All right. I, I'm i very curious of what happens to our offense when Dame is resting and Ant's on the floor. So that's what I looked it up. <laughs> All right. So there, it's been 21 minutes. Of Anthony off, Dame Anthony on Dame off. Twenty minutes per game that happens. When that happens, and has taken fifteen free uh, fifteen attempts. The rest of the team twenty. So he's he's when Dam's off the court, the offense turns into an ISO fest, a not good ISO fest. No, 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 no. I mean, like it, it's one thing if he's he's cooking, but no, he it, it he's been inefficient every game this year. I I I, I mean, if you want to say that the the the, the King, first Kings game he was okay, okay, but that the second and third games he was he made like five shots each. So it's been a really inefficient time when Anthony was the guy. I don't I don't see a way where we can honestly play minutes where Dame's off the court and Anthony isn't the main ball handler. We just don't have the third guy. We don't have a third guy anywhere. So unless you want to make Shaden Sharp or Justice Winslow the actual point guard in those minutes without Damian Lillard, it just seems like in every minute of Anthony being the guy, the only playmaker on the court, we're going to run bad. But to answer your assist question, I think that when we start shooting and scoring on Dame attempts and Dame passes, I think that we will be a, a decent assist teams. Like him, was is he averaging like four assists a game? Lillard? Yeah. Uh, I have the first, I have the past two games. So he's averaged two and a half assists during these past 41 point outbursts. Let me look at something up. Cause I, I I remember. And uh, he had, he did have eight assists opening night. So he's, he has 13, 13 assists total through three games. So about four assists per game. I was watching the, uh, the Pistons game, and I was and I was texting you saying that I know that he hasn't proved himself, but 
Killian Hayes was is a really fantastic passer. He's getting 10 potential assists a game on limited minutes. That's really impressive. So in the three games that Damien's played, he averages 12.5 potential assists a game. So even though right now it's a, a very low assist total, he's still getting the pl- the players involved. It's about them hitting them shot those shots. So I think that in time where Damian Lillard is the man and he is driving and he is doing his thing offensively, I think that, yeah, we can get assists. He'll generate the assists. But I really don't think Anthony Simons is going to get anybody involved outside of Anthony Simons, unless it's like just the easiest pick and Yusuf or Nasir rolls right in front of him. I don't think that he has the peripheral vision to be a, 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 a guard in the league. But I think that he sees directly in front of him. I don't think he sees the peripheral like players on the sides of him. Because I, you watch Kate Cunningham, you watch I, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and those young guys see those guys on the side. You even saw Anthony Davis hit three-point shooters when he was driving to the rim. So you know it's possible with younger players to see those guys that are open. I just don't think he see uh, Anthony sees those guys on the the corner. I think he sees the the court in like grids where he sees directly in front of him. You know the paint, the midi, the three. I don't think he sees the wings, the wings, the corners, or the corresponding spots on the court. So I, I truly don't think that we will see a good offense unless Anthony is scorching hot and we haven't seen that yet. So every, every time that he is the man offensively, it's been kind of a ISO heavy lack of player movement, lack of ball movement type of sets. So, I mean, we haven't seen the explosion. So, you know, there's going to be a game soon where, you know, we forget about the lack of passing, but right now it's like his, he he shoots a lot. And misses a lot and doesn't get anybody involved in the times that he's the man. Like I'm, I'm actually curious about uh what his so he he so right now Damian Lillard has a 33% usage rate. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Massive. But Anthony Simons has a 25. And I would love to see what happens when Damian Lillard's off, what happens to that usage rate. So Anthony Simons, when Dame is off the court, and this honestly feels low to me, but Anthony Simons is in charge of every 37% of the usage, which means every shot that goes up, goes in, misses, assists, and turnover. Anthony is in, is responsible for. So... He's he is that offense when Dame's off the court. It's 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 replacing Dame with Anthony. That's the, that's what we've been with the, the so far this year. Like Jeremy Grant has <laughs> Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart have only played seven possessions with Anthony Simons and without Dame. I guess you can say lack of talent on the court when Anthony is running the show. Sure, but. He's taking all the usage, everything. So, I, 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 if you trust Anthony to get his player, his teammates involved, then yeah, maybe. But from what the numbers have shown in a very small sample size, and I honestly think like 
if he's making more than five shots in the last two games, wouldn't those numbers of usage go up because he's taking more shots? Like if he's scorching, wouldn't it go up? Like he's taking 20 plus shots a game. If he was like 13 for 20, wouldn't wouldn't the attempts go up as well? So I, I honestly don't see a way that he gets his teammates involved because he's shooting when he's not doing well. So he's going to shoot when he does well. Dribble, pass, shoot. Portland's entire season of success or failure lies in the in the in primarily on on Ant's shoulders and how he is performing and how he is used um and how the team operates when when Dame is off off of the floor. I think Dame is the the main catalyst for our success. So I guess that I would pass it or whatever the 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 I think Dame's number 1, I think Anthony's number 2. Okay. I I I'm shooting it because I think Dame could still have so Dame went 41 each. each Dame can go can be efficient regardless. Ant can't. Exactly. But I think Dame is more important. I think Dame is the best player on the team. But in this instance, it's it's almost like when Nurk was cooking uh in 17-18 and, and maybe during Bosnian Beast fever, it's like he was almost more important. The reason I, I'm not saying Ant is the better player, but the reason I think he is more important to the team's success is because Dame can score. We've, we've seen it. Dame scored 55 against the Nuggets, and we still lost that game. Dame can still cook. We still could. We could have lost to Phoenix, and we could have lost to the Lakers. We could be talking about an 0-3 podcast right, right about now. Like, the ball bounced our way. We came up with the plays in, in the clutch. But my argument for Ant being the most important is they are going to play him regardless. Like, there was a stretch during that Laker game when he had five fouls. He was shooting like hell. And he was just dribbling into traffic. He should have been benched for the entire second uh, second half of that fourth quarter. Portland should have went big, and they didn't. And I, I think it's going to be very difficult for the team to kind of sit Ant when he needs to be sat. And that could be due to contract. That could be due to status on the team. Who knows, whatever. But I, I do know what feels like there are different rules for different players because we saw Yusuf Nurkic get benched for almost the entire fourth quarter against the Kings, but Ant is still kind of allowed to play through some really poor performances. He does. And that that's why I'm a little concerned because he's, he's going to shoot. He's not really going to defend. And we really need him to just play. Just, it, he needs to play better. He needs to play. He's, he's thinking too much out there. He needs to one dribble go needs to get his team involved because the game, especially in Phoenix, really bogged down. Dame went out uh, after that first shift, and then Phoenix was like, we're just going to trap Ant, and he's not going to know what to do. And he didn't. like he, he didn't really see those type of traps and blitzes during his run last year because nobody took Portland seriously last year, and they just let Ant go. And he beat a couple of teams. Yeah, absolutely. But now they've scouted you. They know what you can do. And Monty Williams took him out of the game. And that's when Phoenix made their run. And it wasn't until, you know, Dame went on, you know, God mode that Portland was able to kind of rise above all of that. But I think Anthony Simons and how he is used, like we need to get other people involved. He can't be taking 22% of the team shots. He's not that good. So is the coaching staff going to hold him? Is he going to, are they going to hold every player accountable and say, Hey, you're not getting done. We need to put somebody else in there. I don't know. I hope. 
I don't think they have them either, but that I think that is going to determine Portland's success because I really like this team when you have Dame next to some size, whether it's Dame and then you've got Justice and Josh and Shade and, and Nasir and those three wings, those four wings. Jeremy has been playing outstanding basketball. And then I think we've got two out of three game, good games from Nurkic. So I, I really like this team when they play balanced, when they play with some size. It's it's really kind of it, it can be tough to watch when Dame's off the court or when they go Dame Ant because they're still kind of trying to get get accustomed to playing with one another because they really haven't played a lot. No, no. I mean, so, game uh, one against the Kings, you saw Jeremy Grant post up in exactly the area that Dame was trying to penetrate to exactly. So I, you can say that Jeremy hasn't played with Jeremy and Josh haven't played with the healthy Damian Lillard because they haven't and all that stuff. But you expect that, uh, that Anthony's going to, and yeah, and hasn't first. had a good game yet. And I know three games out of 82. Yeah, he yada, wasn't yada. good in the preseason either, though. So I, we know. I mean, I didn't watch enough games, but like he, I, if, if what we saw in the last three games is, is his role, yeah, is his role, he has to, he has to step it up because he has a big role in this team. I mean, I think that his usage rate's higher now than it was. Like, he has a bigger role on the team than C.J. McCollum. And, and fair or not, Sage, you say this all the time. Salary dictates how you are viewed on, on this roster. We don't mind Drew Eubanks at yeah, his no. salary, but when Anthony Simons is making $25 million a year, that's taking up a large chunk of your cap space. That could be used elsewhere. So... You really need him to get it together. I do give him credit. He did hit that big shot against Phoenix. Without that shot, it goes Ooh. into double overtime, and who knows what happens there. So, um, yikes! I'm looking at some him. of this. The the a good way of seeing how involved on your in the offense you are is Jesus Christ, man! Uh, is looking at your fantasy points per minute, it dictates a lot of how you're, how involved you are. So Damian Lillard is very involved in the offense. He gets assists. He gets some rebounds. I see. I saw him get more rebounds this, these three games than I have in a long time. Average six rebounds past two games. Uh, He's gotten potential assists that haven't turned into real assists. So he actually has a great stats per minute. Anthony Simons has a humongous usage rate, right? A third of the, uh, almost 40% of a usage when Dame's out. He only produces via the shot right now. He's not getting those rebounds. He's not getting those assists. He's not getting those steals, not getting those. If he didn't shoot that possession, he's just playing, he's just doing cardio. Like he is not involved in the team in terms of any other statistic outside of shooting. And right now, I don't feel like he's going to this year contribute in any other. Like, what is the secondary stat that Anthony Simons does right now? Because right now, I just see him taking shots. And, I mean, he's going to have explosive games, and his pull-up game is going to be great. And those the, the points that he makes are going to make up for the lack of rebounding, the lack of the assists, and the lack of every other statistical category. 
But right now you don't see anything. And it looks like he's not a part of the team outside of scoring. So, I I mean, what's the secondary skill set that he's going to put for the Blazers? He has to figure it out. It, he he's he's too good of an athlete not to rebound better. Could you see like I could see him hounding the shit out of ball handlers. I could see him getting like five he rebounds needs, a game. He has the athleticism and the youth to be a, a good defender. There, there's no reason for him. Him. I mean, not. The, how much taller is Josh Hart than him? An, An inch? inch? Maybe. Josh Hart. Josh rebounds Hart dogs at such the, the a points. damn. I mean, it, I'm sure it's mentality and all that stuff. But like, it's 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 hundred percent mentality. You have to two, be a good defender. I get wow. Josh Hart has played more time than Anthony Simons by two minutes. Did not notice. But like, <laughs> um, I'm just like, damn. So, Bowsers, that's that's really crazy. So Josh Hart's the third best rebounder on the team. That's crazy. But like. Josh Hart, his all of his numbers is like 300% better than Anthony at rebounding. You know if w- the flip was switched, Anthony would be a better rebounder just by the athleticism. So it's, it's, same, it's the same thing we talked about with CJ too. When CJ rebounded well, he was such a better asset for the team. Playoff CJ was a different performer than regular season. But at least CJ had the assist potential. Yes, but we're just specific. I know, no, no, I know. But like if we're talking, just talking about rebounding. Yeah, like, sure. We're, we're on the same page with the playmaking. CJ was leaps and bounds a better playmaker than than Anthony. But rebounding that the CJ can't should, jump like he Anthony. should own CJ in rebounding. CJ cannot jump out of the gym like Anthony can. Mm. Okay, let let let's move on a bit. I think we're we're being hard on Ant. Hopefully he he redeems himself. Uh, next, I uh, got a. What do you think of what do you think use of your Nurkic's role is gonna be? Because we we can say that in that Phoenix game he had a, he had a lot of minutes, but there was also that overtime that boosted everybody's minutes significantly. So do you think that at best in a competitive game he's going to give you thirty minutes of uh, playing time, or do you see a way where he actually gets more than thirty minutes a game? Because I think thirty minutes is his cap. Yeah, and I he, think he's, after he's probably our third best player, right? So. After considering and, and, you know, letting it simmer and, and marinate, that's probably his, his max. The, the team signed him to a long-term deal. They know his injury history. They don't want to wear him down on a game-by-game game basis. It is 82-game season. So that's probably why he his minutes are hovering um, around. He was awful 30. that Kings game. So I get yes. why you went justice. Yeah. But I think that when you go against DeAndre Aiden, fantastic though. Again, he had almost he almost had a 2020 game against Phoenix. And then yeah, was... so, so that's that's what confuses me about like if it's a positive defensive matchup, and I think I'm sure Aiden's more athletic and moves better, but their size isn't that different than 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 Yusuf. So it seems like it's a positive defensive matchup and it's a positive traditional team. Monty Williams isn't going to play without a traditional center. So Houston Nurkic for the 48 or the 52 minutes or 53 minutes of the game had a positive matchup, but there was long runs of Eubanks at center and then Jeremy Grant at center when it doesn't dictate that. So 
man, like it, it's like we're treating him like he's a Vivica Zubac on the Clippers, where like he has to Yusuf has to produce at such a high level or because his minutes per game isn't going to make up for it. So it puts so much pressure on him to not only score and rebound, but be efficient in it because he's not going to have the the six extra minutes in the game like Josh Hart or Jeremy Grant. And I get it. You protect your asset in the long-term contract that you signed. But honestly, I feel like Chauncey Billups does not like Yusuf Nurkic and does not play him. It's kind of like, remember when Hassan Whiteside was taken out of games really early in plus matchups? When Zach Collins was there, he was playing those minutes and uh, Hassan was on the bench. I feel like it's a, kind of the same thing with with uh, Hassan as it is with Yusuf. But we didn't have Zach Collins to back up Yusuf now. We have Ebanks who tries really hard, but when you're going against a legitimate starting center, he's going to look, get exposed because he's a backup center. So it, it just seems like, damn we're not going to get the full use of Nurkic experience unless something dramatic happens. And I, I just don't think that he's going to get, like, I think he's going to be 26 minutes a game type of guy. And that's not good for anybody because the Western conference has so many damn good centers and we're going to be at a humongous deficit every time we don't have him play 30. Yeah. I think it's on, on him to make the most out of his opportunities. It's on the the players to find him more often. I think I saw, I saw better opportunities for him to make an impact these past two games where you know, he got the ball against, you know, a couple of Laker backup bigs, I think twice in a row, he just backed them down, backed them down and just went, went to work or drew a foul on Anthony Davis. Like they couldn't hang with him and they saw that matchup. It's on the coaching staff for also holding the guards accountable, right? You You don't, Sometimes you don't need the guards to be taking 50% of the team shots. Like let's run some plays for Nurkic, even if it's just for him to initiate some offense. So, you know, obviously we, we both are in agreement. The offense lacks a bit of creativity. Uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I I think we just have to hope that, that we get good Nurkic over poor Nurkic, uh, regardless of how long, um, he is out there. One thing, speaking of the coaching staff, that that is pretty worrisome to me. Uh, three games in, is the reliance on the starters, not named Yusuf Nurkic. The, the minutes per game are through the roof. So here are the minutes per game right now. And also, and these are all career highs for these players. Dame coming off of uh, major abdominal surgery is at thirty eight. He averaged his previous high was thirty seven point eight in the COVID season. Anthony is at 38 right now. His previous career high was last year, just under 30. Josh Hart is averaging 38.3 minutes. His career high was just 33 and a half uh, 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 two years ago. And Jeremy Grant is at almost 37 minutes per game. Career high was 34 in 2021. So in the case of Anthony and, and Josh Hart, you're significantly increasing the the amount of minutes they're going like if anybody knows if you train for a race you train for a marathon you don't just run eight to ten miles right off the gate like you start doing two and then once you feel comfortable with that you do three like you have to pace these players otherwise they're they're gonna just that's when you see major injuries occur and in the case of Damian Lillard he just came off of a major injury why in the absolute hell are you playing him 38 minutes a night like these it's fantastic the Blazers are three now. 
I get it. You can't Tom Thibodeau this team. The depth are yeah, the depth is not there. You have to manufacture some depth. And that's what I mean by like staggering Damon Ant, letting Yusuf initiate some offense. Give Jeremy Grant some more opportunities. You don't need to put them all out there at the same time and then just do hockey line shifts. So I think the coaching staff really, and I think we're going to get a taste of this tomorrow night against the Nuggets because it's the first back-to-back of the season. You have to manage the minutes. You can't burn the guys out. It is a marathon. The season doesn't end until April. We're not even in friggin' Halloween yet. So let's let's chill on the over over usage of of our starters because Sage, we we know this. the The team isn't supremely deep. So if one of those guys is out for seven to ten days, like it's going to, they're going to be like salmon swimming upstream, trying, trying to, trying to get these, these W's. It's going to be a difficult uh, task for them. I'm looking at popcorn machine, which is, a, it, it, it gives like a game chart and I'm looking at the Phoenix game because they haven't updated the games for today, but Ant played from 12 minutes in the third to six, took a, a four minute break and then played the rest of the game. So 42 minutes in that game. I know I know he's younger than Damian, but like it it, it really looks bad when basically your starting five played from six minutes into the fourth quarter till the game's over at OT. That's a lot of that. Sage Amferty played really just a month of rotational basketball. Like he has always been a third guard. You know, maybe he gets thrown out there against the Kings in 2019, but that was it. He really just played a month. Once the team uh, moved, you know, Norman Powell and and they moved uh, CJ and Dane was hurt. He really only ran the show at a starting uh, point guards usage for about a month. And now you're playing him 42 minutes. Like you said, not getting a breather, like going to burn these guys out. Like we, we really no, it, it's going to monitor be like- that. We're going to see Dame do a Fred Van Fleet where he plays every game for 40 minutes, like a, a competitive, every competitive game. He's going to play 40 plus minutes and then he's going to get a hamstring injury. That's going to limit him in March when games really matter. Like those, those guys that like Nick Nurse and, and, and Tom Thibodeau, they, they don't help players longevity and, Chauncey Billups is really doing. I, and I remember us complaining about uh, Terry Stotts doing this, but Chauncey Billups is taking it to a brand new level where we didn't even think this was imaginable. Um, Yeah. Like I, I, I could definitely see at least one of our guys, one of our core guys developing an injury and not being able to play it when games actually matter. This, I would much rather go one and two, right now so we can see dame or ant or josh or uh jeremy or yusuf play in april or shit when the games actually matter in playoff time so i i I agree that we are being very 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 irresponsible with these guys minutes and i think it will be interesting to see what happens with our team on this back-to-back like is are we playing damien 40 plus minutes are we playing ant 40 plus minutes like I, i Yusuf has to play and match Nikolai Jokic every minute that he's on the court. Like, I could you imagine what Joker does to Ebanks? It's not going to be good. I don't want to know. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be nasty. 
I am very happy we won these games. Very happy. But the amount of minutes that our teams, our, our star players played, plus I really think that at least the Suns and probably the Lakers made some pretty drastic mistakes that we took advantage of to win. Russell, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton was turnover machine in the game against us, man. Like, wait, can yeah, we give we, Dame? Can we give Dame some some props for for getting? In oh, sure, 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 sure. That but, that was just just you know chef's kiss. Just saying, these are some big free throws, big dog. Like, just just letting you know, game's on the line here. Goes up. Brick City. I mean, just just brilliant move by the veteran. But you're absolutely right, Sage. It's I, I'm happy the Blazers are three and zero. I, I don't think, but I the think we could have easily West. been zero and three. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if Monty Williams would have continued to run the pick and roll with Paul and Aiton, there's no way Portland has a chance to come back. But or or Booker just Anthony Simons was on Booker. It was an easy. But the, but the easy straight that, line that can what happen when that can happen when the vibes are bad and the vibes are incredibly bad in Phoenix right now. A question for you, Sage. Um, and this will lead into our, our fan question. What have your thoughts been on Portland's newest addition, uh, starting power forward, uh, Jeremy Grant? We saw him struggle, um, to really get opportunities. He did, um, have the game winning basket today in Los Angeles. Got to the free throw line a hell of a lot in in Sacramento, um, but we noticed this in the Phoenix game. He was just out there doing cardio, like mm-hmm. nobody passed him the ball. He did not have a field goal attempt in the first half of that game against a, a team that was playing Damian Lee and Cam Johnson. Like the the game plan. Did, did been, Cam Johnson get hurt in the fourth quarter? He must have because um, they went really small in, in Portland. Because he was, he this, is, play. This, is your, this is your acquisition, Sage. You gave up a first round pick for for Jeremy, and you're not running options for him. So how he, you Cam Johnson he got hurt him? at the ten twenty six mark, and then it was Damian Leap. Like that's a that, we should have attacked that more. But I'm, I I think that you should just say the fan question because I'm going to go into like why I think Jeremy Grant and yeah. So well, uh, rhythm wants to know: Does Jeremy get enough shots? No. Does he like this new role? I think he should be the second option on this team. I think that the uh, first and second option in a fully healthy Blazers team is already locked and loaded, Damien and Ant. And then but three through. I would say Ant shouldn't be the second option. No, but no, yes, no, no, he, but will be. he will be, yes. Looking at, for using every bit of information that we have in these three games to make a uh, educated guess. I think that those two are locked in. So it means that Jeremy, Yusuf, Josh Hart, Nasir, and uh, let's just throw Shaden in for fun. But I think that it's going to be completely randomized of where the the randomness is going to be who the third option is in in, in any game. So like with with the Kings, Jeremy Grant actually was involved in it. But then in game game two against Phoenix, Yusuf was involved. I think that with everybody else, that randomness does 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 Anthony see them to get the ball? Does the matchup dictate them getting the ball? I think that context is and and randomness is going to be a huge part of why of who the third option is in the given game. So no, I don't think Jeremy Grant gets the ball enough, and I don't think that's going to be the case 
where he gets it every game, but there's going to be games where he is the third guy. It's kind of like New Orleans, where Dame and Ant are, are going to cannibalize each other's production. Josh Hart, Nasir, Shaden going to cannibalize each other. And let's throw Jeremy Grant in there. They're going to cannibalize it. Jeremy Grant's going to cannibalize Yusuf for rebound. And shit, Josh Hart's going to do it too. So you, you're never going to know who's going to be scoring, uh, passing, or rebounding in these games because of every player sort of similar to each other. And then they cannibalize each and everything that they do. Like, remember back when Nila was on the show and talked about it? How Dame and CJ are so similar, so they cannibalize each other's production. I think that that's why we've done it. But with enough space for them to grow, yeah. I think I think that this year we've we have more talent, but it's very similar talent, and they'll cannibalize each other's statistics. So I don't think that Jeremy Grant will ever have the role that he even had with Denver, where he was just a hungry guy that took his opportunities. I don't even think he gets those opportunities in like a fourth of the games because. Josh Hart's going to get the ball or Yusuf Nurkic is dominating. So I, I think that all of his statistics are really up in the air. What he's going to do. He could run cardio this game, or it could be completely and totally involved in the offense. So it puts the, everybody in a weird position is, is this going to be my game? There's no defined roles because it's like, we're all very similar guys outside of like, you know, you know, who has butterfingers and who, who, who attacks the basket. So it's, it's kind of, it, I, I, this is going to be the least trackable team in the NBA of who the third guy is going to be in a given night. Yeah, I think the not clearly defined roles will hinder more than help Portland this season. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I think, should be getting more looks. I, you spend the the valuable first round pick on him for a reason. Don't just let him stand out there. And I think it's going to be on the coaching staff for generating some looks for him. He's already shown that he can catch and shoot. I, I He's mastered that high catch and release from three, which looks wonderful. It's an un- unblockable shot. He can cut. He can lead a fast break. He can finish around the rim, just as we saw today against, against the Lakers. Smaller players up, too. So I, I think right now, if the Blazers were 0-3, Jeremy's probably, probably a little bit peeved with his role. Winning solves and cures a lot. And I, I'm sure... Everybody is fine with the amount of shots that Damian Lillard takes because not only does he make them, he's one of the 75 greatest players of all time. I think there, if if Ant continues to shoot at the clip that he is and he's not efficient, that's when I, I think you could see some players maybe get um and maybe not animated, but but frustrated. And I think that could linger into the locker room. So I think there is a, a huge weight on the shoulders of the coaching staff. There are a lot of mouths to feed, and they need to do them. Um, they need to, they need to feed those mouths. You can't just have two people, you know, eating all that cake. You you got to share it around. You got to find you know other ways to to get players involved because if you involve a player in offense, they're going to take that energy and put it on the defensive end of the floor. You know, just think when you played basketball, you somebody passed you the ball, you make a shot, you're pumped. You want to go down and stop the other guy from doing that to you. But if you just kind of stand in a corner or you're not involved at all, maybe you just screen and you try and read, like you just, your, your energy is, your heart's, you want to feel like you're part of the success, like you're part of the team. And um, I don't think that's quite happening, but again, we're just three games in. I, I think they will get accustomed to him 
in these three games, I'm not I'm not separating anything out. Who do you think who are the three, four, and five guys in usage? And it's who you think it is, but you don't the order is gonna be different. Who, who oh, do you know. think I don't who know. do you think the Tell third me. highest usage rate is? Josh Hart. It's yeah, Yusuf. Know. It's Yusuf. So it's Yusuf at 23% usage rate. So he when he is in, he is handling that ball. And then it's Jeremy Grant at 16. And then the person that's taking the biggest cut, and it's somebody that we worried about taking the biggest cut, is Josh Hart. He only plays with Damian Lillard. You, We, we wanted him to be that guy off the bench that dominates the ball and makes decisions. But in these three games, he's only played five minutes without Damian Lillard on the court. So it seems like in Chauncey Billups' mind, that's how it's going to be using the resources that we have now. Like if Josh Hart's going to play 90% of his minutes with Dame, he's not going to get a chance to shine as much with Dame and Josh being partnered together. It seems like he's, he's going to always be on the sidelines. He's never going to have his time to shine. And I get it. I, 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 I've been looking at the data. I don't think that there's going to be many minutes where Ant or Dame are both off the court. So Josh Hart's going to take that L unless this is the Josh Hart game where they don't respect Josh and he gets the ball. The the opponent doesn't respect Josh and gets the ball. So it's 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 going to be a very interesting how we handle everybody getting that 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 precious precious usage. So I, I'm very curious of what happens. And three games in, you can't really project that much. And Gary Payton's not here, so. You know, things could change, but if what we see is what's going to happen, I'm not sure that Josh is going to have a big role on the team in terms of the ball. Well, Rebounding is going to be his biggest usage. Like the, he's not going to touch the ball unless he steals it or rebounds it. I, I, I think in in most games. Before we get into the predictions, quickly give me your first impressions on Shaden Sharp. I think that dribbling is going to be the issue for him to uh, stop him from greatness is dribbling um, and playmaking as a whole. I think that he can pass. I, I think that he knows how to make the good pass, but I think that in the NBA, the uh, the bar is so high on wing players abilities to play make for others. So that's going to be his biggest issue, but I love the mentality of always attacking the basket. I think that that is a very rare attitude and, you know, the athleticism and the tools just make him so alluring. And the fact that he's getting minutes on a team, like I, I was worried that Chauncey Billis was going to do what Nate McMillan does and bench his rookie, but he's getting actual rotation minutes. Like, yeah, he he's played more minutes as of right this second than this year. Little. I thought Shaden looked fantastic against the Kings. Um, I think his success will be predicated on his teammates actually passing him the ball. There are so many times where he's open for a corner three and it's, you know, ant tunnel vision or whatever. And they're just not giving him the ball. He's electric in the open court. We saw that today against the Lakers. I think he's shown some really good chops defensively, especially in isolation situations. I mean, going one-on-one against Devin Booker and he's just, he's doing a really good job of not getting into foul trouble. He doesn't play with his hands. He moves his feet. And the the intelligence to know LeBron was turning back into him. He had no idea he was there, pickpocketed, mm-hmm. uh, one of the greatest players of all time, then finished in transition. 
Uh, I think is the more minutes he gets, hopefully the teammates recognize that he's on the floor and he can start to take some of that, that usage away from other players, not named Damon. I think he's really going to progress nicely throughout. The you, season. Okay. Who has higher usage rate? Shaden Sharp or Josh Hart? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Stage. Yes. It's close. Josh Hart. Nah, Shaden Sharp. And he's, Honestly, he could have a higher usage rate than Jeremy Grant. It's very close. So I that I must honestly be from the Sacramento that. game because he didn't they I, he did not touch the ball against Phoenix. I think he was 0 for 2. And he didn't play hardly at all in the second half. So that 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 usage must be that must uh, small sample size, but I think the Sacramento game is carrying a lot of that usage. Let's look. Yeah, it is. Very much well, no. I took out the Sacramento game, and that Sacramento game saved a lot of players' usage rates, except except Anthony and Dame. So <laughs> that 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 Sacramento game is really important for Josh Hart and Yusuf and uh and Shaden Sharp for for sure. So all right, I, let's talk I, about I, I really 2K. think let's say just 2k corner real quick and let's get into these predictions. Oh, I built a small forward who uh is is a defensive guy and playing with randoms most of the time. It's like if I see the ball, if, if I get the ball, it's because I play defense, they're not passing me the ball, and that's kind of the 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 scenario that our wing players are dealing with is. I'm not getting the ball unless I play some defense and make it happen for myself. And that's a very weird place to be when you are in the NBA. And in theory, you have two high level playmakers that are getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. So in my small, you know, like, you know, decent 2K player mind, it's like, damn, I kind of get what Jeremy and Josh and Shaden are all going through. It's like, Man, I gotta fuck it. I gotta manufacture this shit for me. I can't rely on my point guard to get me the ball consistently. I mean, that's the same when playing randoms in 2K. It's like, all right, I gotta manufacture this shit for myself. So I kind of get where these guys are coming from. And obviously, the usage rate varies from game to game. So they're kind of playing like rec players in 2K. That's a, that's a really good. Um, I was thinking about that when I was peeing. Genius thoughts come out when I. It was a really good uh, comparison. I don't know if analogy or I don't. I don't know that I'm not that. It's it's a it's ten twenty. It's like really good uh, comparison, right there, Sage. Let's get into these predictions. It is a homestand for the Trailblazers this week. They have the Nuggets on Monday, Heat on Wednesday, and the Houston Rockets on Friday. Um, the prediction standings as it stands uh, early on, Dustin, one two and one, Sage, one and two. Um, I picked up that game in against the Suns. We both incorrectly picked the, the Lakers to win against uh, the, the Blazers. But uh, let's kick it off. Portland is playing the Denver Nuggets, uh, a team that I know was surprised. Um, and they lost to the Utah Jazz but then they came back and beat Golden State in Golden State by another triple-double from Nikola Jokic. They, too, are still working back in. Jamal Murray 
and Michael Porter Jr. They did trade longtime Nugget, uh, Will Barton, and Monte Morris. They now have Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, and Ish Smith. Ish Smith. It's, I think this is going to be Portland's toughest test. It's it's a team that since since that matchup in the Western Conference semifinals in 2019, the teams have kind of went in different directions. Um, I, I think this whole game pred- predicates on how well Yusuf Nurkic can neutralize Nikola Jokic because it seems like ever since Yusuf Nurkic wished the, the Denver Nuggets a happy summer back in 2017 when both teams were fighting for that eighth playoff spot, Nikola Jokic and Yusuf Nurkic have kind of went into two separate directions. Uh, Sage, how can Portland win this game? Is there any way to neutralize Jokic? How would you approach this potent Denver offense? Well, first of all, I want to check, did Denver play today? They didn't. Cool. Because they've been – they've been uh, the home opener was a few days ago, and instead of playing in a competitive game – we're talking Jamal Murray here on Thursday, uh, on Friday. They re- chose to rest him so he could play that home opener. So they're being very choosy with Jamal Murray and his schedule. And seeing that they actually get a full day of rest, I imagine that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. will play this game against the Portland Trailblazers, which means that it's a more, um, I mean, going from Jamal Murray to uh, Bones Highland is a huge, huge upgrade. And then Michael Porter Jr. actually playing and instead of KCP is a huge. So, I mean, this is going to be what obviously a, a worse version, but this is going to be what their their team looks like when they're fully, you know, all systems go. So maybe it's lucky that we're playing them when Jamal Murray's, you know, four games in from recovering from that dead uh, from that brutal injury. And Michael Porter Jr.'s, you know, also in that recovery. So that might be the way. But I, I think that if Yusuf cannot be as emotional as you know he can be and really just focus up and defend Yus- uh, uh, Joker, I think there's a way that he can definitely get into his head. Like, he's the only person on the team with the body to defend uh, Nikolai. It, it's really just him. I, I, I mean, the level of center in this league is so high and, and unfortunately, Drew Eubanks doesn't reach that level of starting center. That the only way that we get this win is Yusuf does his best to make life difficult on, on Joker. But I think that this is a good time for us to play him with those guys fully re- uh, in the, the recovery. I mean, you're not going to play Jamal Murray 34 minutes in a game against Portland in October. You're not going to play Michael Porter Jr. that time, so... Maybe those those role players are much worse in Portland because they're so, they're they're just better in their home court. So maybe Jokic goes off, but those other guys just can't do it because they're either not good enough or in recovery. So there I, there is a way that it happens, and I it, it's just you can't let everybody go off. You have to choose how you play and don't foul and give Joker extra extra attempts at the basket. Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic staying out of foul trouble, I think, is 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 the major key to the game. Uh, I do want to give uh, myself a little bit of uh, credit because I was so bad in the predictions last year and the year before. I, it was not a good showing for, for myself, but I went back and I listened to it because 
I was like, man, Kevin Herter's having a really good game for the Kings. Oh, shit. Justice Winslow kind of changed his game around by coming in at the five. And I was like, I think I remember talking about this, too. And sure enough, you're like, who's the rando that's going to go off for the Kings? I was like, yeah, Kevin Herter's probably going to have a good night. And Didn't like, he get like six threes? Yeah. And then you asked me, who's the rando for the Blazers that's going to have a big night? I was like, I was like. I think it's going to be justice. I did say Nurk was going to have a big night for us, and that, that didn't happen. That, that was a very – yeah, that was not the best. But, but so who's the can... rando on the Nuggets and Blazers who do well tomorrow? Oh, man. For the Denver Nuggets, I think you always um, have to be uh, cognizant. Is Which green plays for the Denver Nuggets? Old man, Jeff. You have to watch out. I was thinking it was Jeff Green. Uh, Jeff Green, you, he always plays Portland well. I don't know why he can't find a home long term. He's a fantastic bench player. Would love to have him in Portland. But going up against Portland's second unit, he has uh, some size and he has mobility and he can shoot the three. He can get on the get out and run. Um, very intelligent basketball player. So you have to watch out for, for, for Jeff Green. I, I think this could be a Justice Winslow game again if they have to go if Nurkic does get into foul trouble Winslow is a player who I've been incredibly impressed with this year um, the five or the four wherever I just he attacks every rebound he's always diving on the floor he he plays like Gary Payton the second honestly he plays larger than his height he uses his leverage uh, he gets really low his really low center of gravity and there's just a will to his game that, that I think kind of uh, lights the team. Like it's, it's infectious. Everyone, everyone playing with him. And I think that's why he's getting so many, so many minutes right now. Um, but starter wise, uh, I think Portland really, and this is where I wish we had a better coaching staff because I think Denver as talented as they are is incredibly poor individual de- defenders. Mm-hmm. Like Murray coming off the ACL, Michael Porter Jr. coming off of the back. Jokic, you want to dance with him around on the perimeter. You need what what did we say, Sage, when we played them in the playoffs two years ago? You need to win those matchups against Michael Porter Jr. Like attack him. He cannot defend you. And the Blazers, again, it was a different coaching staff, but the Blazers did not do that enough. You oh, have, no, no, no. You have to find your mismatch and you have to relentlessly attack it over and over and over until you make the opposing coach change and switch something up. Uh, Portland can win this game. I believe they will. Uh, I I think the Blazers, a Dame Dame right now, I think is just in, in one of those rhythms where they have nobody who, who can defend him. If he, if he gets going, I think it's going to open up the floor. Um, I think we might see good, good Jeremy Grant in terms of usage and getting him, him the ball. That's going to be a really key matchup. Everyone's probably going to look and we, we talked, everyone's probably going to look at, at, at Yusuf and, and Nicola, but the two athletic power forwards, Aaron Gordon and Jeremy Grant, which, which player is going to have a bigger impact. And, and I think if you look at the box score and watch the game, the player that has the better performance, that team is going to win because I think they, they're swing factors for, for each game. Um, I think Bruce Brown and KCP are also good random bets for guys that are explosive. Like KCP earned his spot in that rotation. He's playing a lot of minutes. Bruce Brown, I mean, he he was playing some back. He was playing some one 
I think that he's their best chance that they have on containing Dame. I don't really want to put any money on the fact that Bruce will slow down Dame where he's at right now. But I think that Bruce Brown and KCP are two guys that, you know, outside of those high money players could be uh, very effective. And then I'm, I'm, uh, hmm, I'm trying. I think that it's going to be a Nasir Little game. I can see that. I almost picked him. Yeah, it's Denver has a surprisingly high, a lot of like decent wings on this team. Something that they haven't had for a while. Like KCP's decent. Uh, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green. I mean, Peyton Watson's there. They have Zeke Nazi. They have guys that have a role. It, it, I don't know what DeAndre Jordan has on the league for player for teams to keep giving him contracts, but outside of DeAndre Jordan, I like. I mean, Bones, Jeff, Zeke. They have some good players. This isn't the uh, the the bum squad that the Denver Nuggets have been uh, on the bench. I mean, they're still not one of the better benches in the league, but they're not awful. Like Bones Highland could put thirty on us pretty easily. What's your I'm gonna, what's up? What's your prediction? It's at home. I'm going Blazers win. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going Blazers. Yeah, I didn't feel good about a loss or a win, so I just went the optimistic route and just took a win. Uh, the Blazers get the Miami Heat on Wednesday. Uh, feels like you want to play the Heat early on in the season before they have found the the Spolstra groove. I have a feeling that this Heat team isn't going to be as good as they were last year when they were the number one seed. Uh, it just seems like they're missing that one extra elite player. Um, Bam hasn't been that yet this year. How He's, how do you how do you match up with the Heat? How do you exploit them, Sage? And and what what are your thoughts on this game? I think Jeremy Grant has to make an impact. They're looking for a power forward. It, it's Cody Martin. They're running really small. I guess it's Jimmy Butler. If you really want to be real, but like this team has a huge glaring weakness at at power forward. I think Jeremy Grant has to make an impact. Obviously, Dame versus Kyle Lowry is a, a, ma- a mismatch that I would want would want to exploit. But right now, Bam Adebayo is just missing makeable shots. He has been doing that for the last three games where it's just he's ta- at least he's taking them. He's just missing a lot. Like uh, game one, he was like f- five for 15. Like he hasn't had his Bam Adebayo game yet. Um, Hero's been really, really electric for this team. But for whatever reason, Spo has been taking him out and really ruining the offense. So uh, I, I, I'm most worried that Bam has a get-right game against us. But if he continues to struggle, it's really on Tyler Hero to be the, that, that creative player. So I, I guess I'm worried about Hero and uh, Bam. And I don't uh, do we put Yusuf on Bam or do we put Jeremy Grant on Bam? I think this is a perfect game to go small. Because Bam's not, I mean, he's one of the most athletically gifted bigs in the league. So you can't put Yusuf on him, but he's Yusuf still has to play because they still have Dwayne Dedman in year seven. Um, But yeah, I think Jeremy Grant has to be a big offensively and defensively. I think Yurt seven did not play Saturday. So I don't know if he's going to, going to play. I think he had an injury of some sort. Yes. This is. I, I think the Blazers win, and I think this is a schedule Blazers win because ter- they they have to play 
uh, Toronto in Miami on Monday. And then this kicks off a three-game West Coast trip uh, for the Miami Heat. You either want to be that first game or that last game against an opponent Mm. making a cross-country trip. Um, Portland, again, they're going to be settled. They're going to be at home. They're on this uh, long homestand right now. And this isn't the Miami Heat defense of old. They're they're giving up over 110 points per game right now. Um, The game will be defined by if Portland can not pump fly out at every Miami shooter. That's been a huge bugaboo so far for Portland has been their inability to stay disciplined on defense. They jump at every single movement or pump fake uh, their opponent throws at them. And the heat are still loaded with shooters. They still have Max Struess. They still have Duncan Robinson. Jimmy Butler. Let's talk about him. I mean, so I think that's where the game, the game is going to be won or lost. Uh, Miami has traditionally played really well in Portland with Eric uh, during this Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo mm-hmm. era that, that this group that they've had. Um, I think that changes. I think Portland uh, gets it done again. I just don't think this is the, the Miami heat that everybody's um, used to Lowry's a year older. Jimmy Butler's a year older. Bam Adebayo as tremendous defender as he is. He's not the offensive player. Yeah, he's that, not there yet offensively. Yeah, he's so not I, passing I think, well. So it, it, if he doesn't have a get right game, I think we win. But if he get has that tune up game against the Portland Trailblazers, I think if this was the middle game of that road trip, I pick Miami. But because they have to fly all the way to po- rainy Portland, they're used to that sunshine. Um, I think Portland uh, picks them picks picks them apart. Who do you have? Man. All right, I'm. I'm this isn't going to help with the tr- uh, the uh, predictions thing, but I kind of agree with you. But I absolutely because I mean, they still both have the, two. Both of the, both of these two games could go the. I other think they're coin flips. They are coin flips. One game I sure as shit hope is not a coin flip is the Friday night contest against the Houston Rockets. Um, young team, they can beat you on any given night. I mean, they, they've got firepower on offense for for days. Uh, the young bucks that they've got. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. They still have Eric Gordon, but they have Jalen Green, who has just been putting up crazy numbers. They have the Absolutely. number three overall pick, Jabari Smith. They, the Tari Eason has been a box score monster. Um, they, they've got some guys, and it's still young, it's still early in the season where they're not, you they're know, not thinking, kicked they're in not the thinking nuts. about yeah. Cabo, they're no, not no. thinking about Cancun, they're, they're still trying to play. Um, so I think Portland wins this game, but I think if they lose and we're, we're on this podcast next Sunday, it's because they overlooked them and they, they beat themselves. If Portland takes care of the basketball, they get to the line and they really just lean on one another. Like this is a game, like honestly, Sage, you need to dump it to Yusuf. Like who, who is going to stop him if, if they just get him the ball in positive situations? Yeah. Cause shit. Who's their center? Um, it ain't Christian anymore. No, it's Alfred Sangun. He, he, and, well, and he's a young boy. Well, and he's not a good defender. So it's like uh, Garuba or uh, Garuba started last game, but it was a uh, shoot, shoot, shoot. He's a really good rebounder for his position, but not much of anything else. I'm looking. Canyon Martin Jr.? No, it is Bruno Fernando. Was, Bruno Fernando is getting the kind of spot start. So, uh, uh Alperin can go off the bench and go against that second unit guy. So I I I think that every 
minute that Yusuf and Alperin are on the court together, you just dump it to Yusuf and get Alperin into foul trouble. Alperin's a really, really skillful uh, post score, but he's really unathletic and a bad defender. So you go after him. I mean, the whole team is full of bad defenders. They're average, again, small sample size, but they're 29th in the league in defense, averaging, they give up almost 124 a night. Like, my God. So the Blazers just have to want to play basketball to, to win it. Just move the ball, get open shots, hit your open shots, put them away early. Don't don't let Houston hang around. Like they haven't been competitive this year, but they sure as hell can be if you let them. Yeah. Like Eric Gordon, as much as I dislike him, can absolutely go off in this game. Jabari Smith, like we jump at everything. Jabari Smith could hit threes. He hasn't done, ha- hasn't had a vintage Jabari Smith game yet. But the person I'm most scared of is Jalen Green. He's, yep. I would love to see the Shaden Sharp versus Jalen Green. I matchup. hope we get some of those matchups. I, I hope because I, I think those two are very similar. I think Jalen Green is more athletic in like the the front line uh, speed competition but i think that shaden as an athlete and powerful as an athlete as he is could really make him uh frustrated but uh i mean if, if we happen to lose jalen green and kevin Porter jr have transcendent games so you like you should know who's good on this team it like uh, it's it's jalen alperin and kevin porter jr and then the rest of the guys help but i, I i'm i'm excited to see my uh my guy Tari's and play basketball. So you have we both have three. Yeah, it's a three and a week. All right. So I don't make any ground, <laughs> but it's about trying to make the right uh Ab- absolutely. Yeah. And I and I even tried to say my predictions first, so you could make your if you wanted to try and make up ground. It's a long. Or... It's a long. Do you it think Boban's gonna ever play like for real? For real? I don't know. I take. I love Bobby. Give him, he's bring him to he's old now. He's old. I, he's I was. Just, I'm just looking at the Rockets roster. I'm like, I know. On I, I, I love. I love Bobby. I love that commercial with he and John Quell and, and Trey. He's a movie star. He's great. Come to Portland. Get some minutes. Get some dunks. No, 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 no. no. I mean, yes. he's playing in a very spe- specialized role. But that means all. Let him beast. Um, okay, we're talking about Boban Marjanovic right now. I think it's time to wrap this uh, bad boy up, Sage. Um, anything else you want to add before we uh, hit the hit the end button on this one? Um, you should rate matters, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast, we're there. Like and subscribe or whatever your uh, uh, your podcast feeder tells you to do. It really does help us. Your subbing and giving a good uh, uh, review helps the algorithm so more people can hear us. And yeah, we are doing a very niche uh, type of podcast, but Blazer Mania is really a really big group of people. So more people that listen, the more people get more knowledgeable about the game. So, you know, fuck with us. We fuck with you. Um, go Blazers 3-0 and week. Bruce. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go! Let's go. Come on.